Well, we want to welcome you to the Hills Church at Home. Hey, let me encourage you to, to do so. And whether you're watching uh, at our service time on Sunday at 10 o'clock or you're catching up during the week, maybe you're at the office on a break or lunchtime or you're trying to catch some time late in the evening, you know, you can download our uh, message notes. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. And you can download uh, all the message notes, which is so important to do so that you can go back and you can study these scriptures. We also put on a couple sheets every week for those that have kids. But maybe you're at work today and you're a little bored and everything is done and you want to color yourself too. So we always have something that goes along with our message. And so you can download those from our website. If you're going back past messages that uh, the recording video is up, but you don't see the notes, you can email us and we'll get you to those uh, as well. Well, let me uh, jump right into this fact. Our title of the message today is A Living Faith. And I do believe that's what Jesus was talking about in the verses that we're going to look at today, in the teachings that we see in the Bible. It is a living faith in God. And those four words that I pray that you hear specifically this year from the Bible, that it would be God speaking to you is to have faith in God. Don't go by what you see. Don't go by what you hear. Have an assurance, and we'll talk about that today, in God's word and what he's speaking to your heart. So I want to open uh, with this verse. In fact, this is Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 26. The disciples just commented on the fig tree that Jesus spoke to and cursed, and it died. The next day, they noticed that it was dried up from the roots. And Jesus didn't comment on the question when they said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed is dried up from the roots. He went right into these really these three points in these few verses. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have any anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Well, actually, in our notes today, it's interesting. Jesus is going to talk about mountains. In fact, we talked a little bit about this last week. Those are obstacles in the way of what God has called you to do or what God has spoken to you about you would look at the situation and you would say, it is a mountain, it's immovable. But Jesus used the scenario of a mountain, specifically of a mountain. 
And he didn't mention a problem. He mentioned a mountain. But he said, if you have faith, and you could remove this mountain. We understand that being obstacles, obstacles in the way. He then talks to them about believing when you pray, the power of believing. In fact, uh, in another couple of weeks, we'll look at when Jesus talked about if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed. He talks about just the size that it could be so small, the power that you have when you believe and pray. But then he talks to us about forgiveness. And uh, part of the power of us being forgiven is for forgiving of others. So obstacles are the mountains and the mountains always look immovable. We would always say you go around the mountain. You don't go through the mountain. You don't have the mountain remove obstacles though are things that are always in the way. And we read this verse last week, and I want to read it again uh, today. And it's Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. And it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. The elders that they're referring to are going to be the ones listed in Hebrews 11. If you've never read Hebrews 11, take time uh, today or whenever you're listening and read through Hebrews 11 at what is, is used as the heroes of faith or the hall of faith. People that had faith and believed God in circumstances that were crazy. In fact, many of the times before the person's name, it would say by faith, and then it would have their name. Well, we read this, the writer of Hebrews, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Let me pull out because, again, it, it, it's a very simple verse, but it does have a, a complex, and sometimes it's hard to grasp this with what the writer of Hebrews is saying. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, if you remember this, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament is written in Greek. Every language, when a word is used, has more of a description. Sometimes when it's uh, transcribed for us in English, it doesn't really paint the picture of what the word was in that language. Well, the word in the Greek for the word substance, we could say a concrete assurance. In fact, another one would be the, that the foundation is firm. So if I read this verse, now faith is the concrete assurance in things hoped for. Faith is the that the foundation is firm. So isn't that a great way to, to, to remember it? We, we read in the English substance, but it's a concrete assurance. The foundation is firm. Now I want you to think about that for a minute. Every home, every, every building that is built is built upon a foundation. The building is never built and then a foundation poured. The very first thing is the ground is prepared and the foundation is set. 
And that foundation has to be set before anything can be built up. And if you ever had to tear out concrete, it is probably one of the hardest things to do, especially if it's been reinforced with rebar or some mesh. So faith, faith in God, faith in God's word is the concrete foundation. It's the beginning. It is firm. His words are the concrete. Upon his words, we can build upon anything else. And you've got to have that strong belief and that assurance. I like what that verse said. It is the substance of things hoped for. Well, we read this last week in, in pleasing God. You know, uh, my wife, uh, how I can please her, I can please her with the words that I say. I could please her if I get her a small gift. I can please her if I send her a text during the day that just says, thinking of you, I love you. I can please her with helping around the house. You know, there's many, many, many ways I could say, hey, I want to take you out to dinner tonight. Those are ways that I would say I could please her. But here's how we please our Father God. And we read this in Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Or basically we read, it's faith in his word that he exists is how we please our father. That he would look down and say, he or she has faith in my words. They have faith. That's how we please God. Well, I wanted to mention this verse. Interesting, Solomon will, will mention this in the book of, of Proverbs because too many times we trust in ourselves. In fact, Proverbs 28, 26 says, those who trust in themselves, say it with me if you're reading along, those who trust in themselves are fools. You ever had somebody say, hey, you know, I, I really trust in myself. I, I mean, I, I count on myself. Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Don't trust in yourself. We're told only to trust in God. Isn't it interesting on the back of our American money, it says, in God we trust? In God we trust? So notice out of the uh, New International Version, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are safe. And it made me think of, of, of this thought. It's up to you and I to believe, but it's up to God. It's up to him to bring it to pass. He is asking us to believe and have faith in him. And in having faith in him and his promises, it's up to him to bring it to pass. You know, we uh, alluded to last week and, and you can catch back up. Uh, and we talked about Abraham. In fact, when God appeared, and I'll mention that when God appeared to Abram, Abram had no foundation in God. He wasn't raised. I'm sure he had heard the stories when you track the lineage, but we'll read a scripture in just a minute. And, and I, I have people say this quite often. They'll say, you know, I didn't grow up in a household of faith, in this Christian faith, 
in, in studying or learning about God. If I had, this would be so much easier. Now, I don't know if you've ever said that. In fact, I think it's actually the opposite. I think sometimes the people that become brand new believers that don't have a background are the ones that are hungry for God's word. I think many times those that have grown up in it, uh, it almost becomes, it's not that relationship with the Lord. It becomes mo almost like a, a religion. But I think it's a lie to say, I wish I would have grown up all these years. And it made me think of the story when in Genesis chapter six and seven, you know, you can re read those. Um, the only one on planet earth that was righteous before the flood was Noah. The only people spared by the flood was Noah and his family. We know there was eight people. We know that it was Noah and his wife. We know that it was his three sons and his wife, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. In fact, I love statistics. I love analysis. I love uh, understanding. And, and, and I always have this question, how many people died in the flood? How many people died in the flood? Well, I found this stat. Between the year 1804 to 12 to 2012, 1804 to 2012, we went from 1 billion people on planet Earth to 7 billion people with the average life expectancy at 74 years. 1 billion to 7 billion. So if we were to go back in the Bible and we were to start at Adam, Adam and Eve, and we were to go to Noah, that's 1,656 years. Now, remember, uh, it was 1804 to 2012, went from 1 billion to 7 billion. So from Adam to Noah, 1,656 years. The Bible doesn't say how many people died, but here's what we know. The nine people or so that are mentioned in the Bible as living long, average between living 700 years to 969 years, each individual. When you read back in the Bible, you'll read that people had, you know, 16 sons, 12 sons, daughters, you know, grandchildren. I mean, people had kids. You had farms, right? You needed more hands on the plow, farmers. They had kids. Some Bible scholars estimate that there were more people living at that time than back in the numbers that I quoted you between 1804 and 2012. Here's the thing, we don't know. Here's what we do know. Eight people got on the ark. Those eight people had to have friends. Those eight people had to have known they were the only ones spared because they were righteous before God, or at least Noah was. But when they get off of the ark, and again, that's miraculous to be on that ark and to survive the time they survived and to have all of the animals and to rest and after they offered a sacrifice. Do you know the Bible tracks two of the sons, Shem and Ham? In fact, let me tell you, don't ever name your son Ham. It's not a, a good trajectory here. Shem follows the line of following after God. In fact, Shem's line, that bloodline goes all the way to the Messiah. Ham's bloodline, in fact, Ham, it's almost when he disembarks from the ark, he turns against God. In fact, Ham's line is the one that we read in the Tower of Babel, that they were going to build a tower to the heavens. You know, it's almost like the devil's own words. You know, I'm going to exalt myself. That was Ham's line. So let me ask you a question. You're spared on an ark. 
God chose the eight of you. You lost all family, relatives, friend, and whoever. Who knows how many people? It's all been wiped out, and you get off the ark, and your family does a sacrifice to the Lord, but you go a different direction. You would have thought they would have the privileges, but it, it requires us to take that step of faith, right? It doesn't come easy or easier to anybody, but those that dig in and that draw in are, and are believing and having confidence in that concrete assurance of God and his word are the ones that get to see what God does. In fact, I mentioned before, I wanted to read this verse in Joshua chapter 24, verse two. This gives us a little bit of the background of Abraham. In fact, Joshua says this to the people to remind them about Abraham and his forefathers. And Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, uh, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says long ago to your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor. They lived beyond the Euphrates River and they worshiped other gods. We know Abraham's father worshiped the sun, the moon, and the stars. The best to our ability is that Abram, as a young boy, up until what well, God calls him at age 75, his background has been in worshiping the sun, the moon, and the stars. And so when the Lord God Almighty calls out to him, that's new to him. In fact, when God says, follow me and I'll show you where to go, that's new to him. To uproot family and to go, to leave his father in the household. In fact, back in that day, uh, that area, Ur, was the utopia of that day. But he follows a God that he did not know by faith to a land that God would show him mistakes, mis missteps all along the way, but he followed God he, as he went. God began to reveal things to him in every area he was growing. And that's what's so important for us, that we are growing. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to make missteps. That's why Jesus said in those verses, even about having faith, removing mountains, believing, he also went on to say, you got to forgive people. We're going to make mistakes. But that's where we get back up, we confess that sin, we jump back in, and we believe what God is saying. Because even Abraham didn't have that knowledge of God. I'm sure he'd heard stories, but now he's following God. And then that's where Genesis says that about him in Genesis 15, 6. And he believed in the Lord. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. God is looking for those that will believe him. Apostle Paul picks up on that verse too. And in a lot of uh, the book of Romans, but in Romans 4, verse 3, he says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God. When you read your Bible, you're not reading stories. You're not reading a comic book. You're not reading fictional things. You're reading what actually took place and what's in our Bibles is what God wanted in our Bibles. We're told that it was the breath of God by the Holy Spirit written through people. It is God's word to us, and he simply wants us to believe what he says. You know, uh, if you remember, we always use it Christmas time, but it's always appropriate. 
when the angel comes to Mary and begins to paint the picture that she's going to have a child and all of those things going through her mind of how this was going to happen, she said these words, for with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Everything that God tells us to do should seem impossible because God chooses always the littlest things, the, the most insignificance to show his power and to show his glory through what he can do, his exploits. Everything should, should look impossible. It shouldn't look like you can get it done within a couple hours. It's something that you pray and you trust. Well, before I, I read this last verse, I wanted to tell this, this quick story because uh, I won't go into all of the events and I, and I wish I had time to do so, but I wanted to give one event when we were moving back from North Carolina to California in uh, 2009. Uh, before we were moving back, some of our friends, neighbors heard we were moving back and we were looking to, to rent a house in the Orange County area. And this person reached out to us and they were getting ready to move out of their house and they wanted us to rent the house. And I remember uh, it's pretty amazing to find, and especially for the price, a five bedroom home in Orange County with a pool. Oh man, that, that excited my kids. They were so excited. You know, they'd have a house, they'd have a pool. And then the story started getting even better. We get a call from the person. They said, hey, I was thinking about, I, we have a couple dogs. And uh, um, how about we give you one of our dogs? Oh man, that made my kids so, you know, right? They're going to have a dog. And uh, we got a call back maybe or so in another day. And it was, hey, we're going to let you have this dog. You know what we're going to do? The first year, we're going to provide you with the food because it's on whatever special diet and we'll pay for all your vet bills. You know, I thought, man, this is just getting better and better. I remember them faxing us uh, the application, us faxing it back, us letting us them know when we would arrive, uh, booking to where when we would move in, and the only thing that we had to do when we finally got to California was to go through the house, just make a checklist if there was anything that needed to be done, and then just give them a deposit. So I'll never forget going in uh, one late afternoon, and uh, we had never dealt with the husband. We'd only dealt with the wife. And I remember him being late to his house. He had moved out. And I remember going through the house, and it was probably one of the most oddest experiences that I ever went through and I'll share a couple of them. We went to the backyard. We were looking at the pool and I remember looking up at the gazebo and I looked on the side yard. There was a brand new gazebo that he was getting ready to put in. And I said, oh, uh, can I paint your gazebo? And he said, well, you can, but then I'm going to tear it down because I'm going to put the new one in. Oh, okay. But I'm not putting that in the contract because I don't know if I'll put it in for sure. So I said, well, the, I can't paint, right? Yeah, you can paint, but I'll probably tear it down. Okay. Well, I remember this. I remember going into the one bathroom and the tile wasn't just cracked. I mean, it was cracked so severe that, that I could tell water was getting in. And so I'd asked about fixing that. He didn't want to fix it, but I said, you know, it, it's probably more beneficial for you so that it doesn't ruin your, you know, I'm thinking the shower is going to get ruined. And he wrote it down. We went into the master bedroom bathroom 
and the sliding window was broken. And so I know when, you know, like when you open it, I mean, broken, like the glass was broken. And I said, oh boy, if we open, this might fall out. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to fix that. And I said, well, I don't want something, a glass to fall out, like either inside or outside, you know, you'd put it down and uh, it was one of the, in fact, I'd go story after story after story after story. And it was just kind of, kind of one of those odd things. So I remember before we left, I gave him a check. We had a move-in date. I think I made a call that night for the things that we had. The next day, first thing in the morning, I get a phone call and it's from this guy. And he says, um, you know, I said, hello, how you doing? And he says three words to me. Um, he says, I reject you. Okay. What does that mean? I reject you. The house is not yours. I said, I don't understand. And that's all he says. I reject you. You're not moving, you know, the, okay. And then I, I think I kind of, I, I was shocked. And then when I, I remember asking, but I need my, I need my deposit, my deposit back. So we worked out time to get my deposit back. It was the weirdest thing. It was so discouraging. We had promises from the Lord and it was just kind of one of those, you know, you go back and you think, where, where did I miss that? What did I, was I not hearing something? No, I they were giving us a dog and food and vet and like, what happened? And here's the thing that you learn after you've been walking with the Lord is many times things like that happen for your protection. Kids were disappointed that they wouldn't move into a house with a pool. They wouldn't get a dog. Uh, we ended up living for two years with my in-laws and then out of the blue, we get a phone call from a friend that's getting ready to move to the East Coast. And they had said, hey, uh, we're not going to sell our house. In fact, we want to keep it, but we need to have somebody that can rent our home that we know would take as good or better care of it. Than, and we had thought of you guys. Are you interested? Now, in the same city is two different homes that are both five bedroom homes with a pool. One didn't work out. And then the other one did. In fact, the one that we ended up moving into that worked out, the pool was way better. The backyard, like it, it was like living in a resort. You guys want to go on vacation somewhere? No, no, no. We just want to stay in the backyard. I mean, it was a resort. Friends next door. It was like, had we been in this other house and had this one come up, we would have wanted to move out to be in this house. But here's what I found interesting. God knew. God knew if I'd be patient, he would work it out. Now, the story doesn't end there. I remember probably around the time that we moved in, going to visit friends by the original house that we didn't get, and they had moved somebody else in, and nobody was living in the house. And we found out that the whole kitchen was full of mold and the reason that it was full of mold was from the bathroom upstairs that had the crack tile that they wouldn't fix and water ran all the way down into the kitchen and they had to completely gut the kitchen, gut the bathroom, and nobody could live in the house for the time that they'd been there. We had no idea that there was mold in the house. We had no idea. You know, when you get mold, you can't live there. But here's the thing, God knows and God protects and God guides, but you've got to have faith in him and not be discouraged 
when things don't happen just like you wanted it to have planned. That was our verse in Proverbs. Don't trust in yourself because you're a fool. Trust in God. Jesus said, let me read this last verse. Jesus said these words out of the, I want to read out of the passage translation in Matthew 18 verses two through four. Jesus called a little one, a little child, right? To his side and said to them, learn this well, unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. Jesus uses that example of a child. If you're struggling today to have faith, take Jesus's words. He calls that little child. That's his example. That's his example of believing. Do you remember if you had little kids? We used to call our kids. They, they'd go through uh, seasons of their life. Everything was why. We'd call them, you know, why girl and why boy? Why? Dad, why is the sky blue? Dad, why is the ocean blue? Dad, why is this? Why is that? Why, 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 why? They were asking questions to learn. Jesus pulls this child. Unless you're like this child in childlike faith, this child's going to understand the kingdom. In fact, that last part of the verse, who continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in God's kingdom. You want to be great? You want to live by faith? Take his words as what he says. Let it be a concrete insurance. Let the foundation be firm. Let this faith not be a word only, but let it be a living faith that you live out. Let every circumstance you go to not be a disappointment, but you look to him. In any disappointment, because you feel like it didn't work out, don't look at the circumstance, look to him. It very well could be that he's been protecting you and has something way better down the line if you'll humble yourself. Let's pray together uh, today. And I know we've had a lot of scriptures, but I, I pray that there is something that the Lord has taken and by the Holy Spirit has impacted your heart. And so, Father, we pray today, let us all have the simple faith, childlike, humbling ourselves, believing you, reading the Bible as Romans says, go back and read these stories. Watch how people walked by faith. Learn from their mistakes. Learn from their faith. Learn that they trusted God in circumstances that were crazy, but God remained faithful. Thank you for being a faithful, faithful God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our verse today as we receive our tithes and offerings is in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. One of my favorite uh, Psalms outside of Psalm 121, which we'll read in a minute. Psalm 103, 1 through 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Why does he say that? Because we forget. Forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquities? Who heals all of your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction and crowns your life, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfies your mouth with good things so that your, renew, your youth is renewed like the eagles. Don't forget his benefits. In our giving today, let's remember the benefits of being givers and how God continually is looking to give back. Pray this prayer with me. Mean it in your heart as you pray. Allow it to be something alive in you. As I give in today's offering, I rejoice in the number of miraculous blessings God has given to me. More blessings than I ever could have dreamed of. More blessings than I deserve. More blessings than I can count. Blessings over every area of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In fact, if you're giving online, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the Give button. It's on the top right of your screen. You'll be directed how to give. It's safe. It's fast. It's secure. And if you're giving by mail, you can write to us, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419. That's Arcadia, California, 91066. And I encourage you to join with us this year in our daily Bible reading, the one-year chronological Bible. You can find some of the details, how to uh, get to it on our website. You can download that app on your phone, on your tablet. You can print off a PDF so you can check off, off the list. So I encourage you to do so. Follow along in God's Word. It's amazing as you read His Word every day how He speaks to you. You know, we're getting ready uh, to get into that time very soon for Easter. And Easter is uh, coming up early in April. And so we want you to encourage you to, to make plans to join us either in person uh, or online on April 4th, Easter Sunday. My favorite Psalm, Psalm 121. Well, maybe not my favorite, but one of my favorites. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. Say it with me. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? Where does your help come from today? Your help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. David said, would I consider the work of your hands, the sun, the moon, and the stars? He said that you have created. Who am I that you're mindful of me? Yet you're the apple of his eye, the Bible says. You're his precious child. And so we look to him for all of our help. And nothing is impossible. Nothing shakes or rattles him. But we have to be people that walk by faith. I pray today that you walk by faith in all of you do. We're praying for you. The Lord bless you. Have a great day and a great week.